I want to speak about the overwhelming grace, overwhelming grace. And I don't know, maybe uh, you've heard these stories before. Uh, There's this couple that's driving down the road at night and uh, it's kind of dark and and out of nowhere comes this person and they think they perceive that that person's crazy and he's waving his hands and arms and he's saying, stop, stop. And they think, you know, maybe he's going to harm us or, you know, and that they don't understand what's going on. And they just kind of slow down, but just enough to where they know that they're safe and they keep going on. And fortunately, they had slowed down enough to realize that the bridge was out and a section of the bridge was missing and they would have gone down into the cliff if they had not slowed down. And, and if they would, man, just think if they would have just sped up, it, it would have been really bad for them. And so all of a sudden, this crazy person that was waving them down is now their best friend. And maybe you've heard those stories before. It's funny that we view people the wrong way based on our perception. We think they are one thing, and yet they are totally something different. And I, I'm relating to this a lot because, I, you know, me, I'm, I'm a preacher. A lot of people think, yeah, he's the crazy Bible-waving pastor. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling people, stop, don't go that direction. You need to turn around because there's danger up ahead. You're, you're heading in the wrong direction. The Bible does the same thing. It gives warnings. And if you, you travel a, a certain way, in fact, the Bible says there is a way that seems right to men and it ends to destruction if it's not based on the word of God. Can I get a good amen, everyone? So with that being said, spiritually, if you're going down the wrong way, spiritually, if you're going down the wrong way, you need to turn around. Here's a crazy preacher man with his arms waving saying, you need to turn around because the Bible is going to give you the correct direction of the way that you need to go. It's okay to be a talk back church. In fact, I preach better and faster when somebody every now and then says, amen. So if you like something, say amen. If you don't like something, just don't say anything. And if you're convicted, say, oh, me, instead of amen. You know, just whatever you need to do. So the Bible actually has a word for turning around, and it's the word repent. Most of you have already experienced that word in the Bible. And it basically means a mind change. It means turn around, turn about face. Let your mind think differently. Turn your thoughts around. And that is submitting the control of your life to someone else or to the word of God, to Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell my age here. uh, Back when I was a young man in the 80s, there was a game and it was called Miss Pac-Man. How many have ever heard of Miss Pac-Man? Raise your hand. It it was the game like Atari and Miss Pac-Man. Some of you. But it it was fun. And they had these big old box arcade machines. And you put a quarter in and you could play a game. And I I just, for some reason, it was fun to eat up all the little dots on Miss Pac-Man. You know what I'm talking about. And so uh, 
I could get to the first level, I could get to the second level, but something always stopped me before I got to that third level, the light blue level. Some of you might know what I'm talking about. And, I mean, I could eat all the little fruit that would come by, or, and, and you had to run from these little ghost people, and it, it's, it's a fun game. If you haven't tried it, you ought to try it. It's a lot of fun. It's fun. So, <laughs> I couldn't get to the third level. I just could not get to it. And I spent quarter after quarter after quarter. Yeah, back in the 80s, quarters were worth something back then. It was like, man, I just can't get to the, that next level. And so, there was a friend of mine who knew how to get to the third level of Miss Pac-Man. And this person would always say, let me show you how to get to the next level. This is my quarter. I, this, this is my game. I'm going to do this myself. I, I got to do this myself. And finally, it dawned on me, you're, you're not going to get this by yourself. You need to watch somebody play the game, knows what they're doing. So I stick the quarter in. I said, okay, here you go. And I gave him the control over the joystick, it was called back then. You know, the controller, in other words, I let them show me how to get to the blue level, the third level. It's like, ah. so that's how you get there. This is how it's done. And I, I was thinking how this kind of relates to the message today because sometimes we just want to do things on our own. We want to learn it ourselves. We, no, I did this. I paid the court. I'll do this. I'll do this myself. What are you talking about, Willis? So what we do is... We, we finally get to our senses, come on somebody, and we're able to give the control to somebody who knows how to get us where we need to go and find the promises of God and, and find what God has for our life. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar for you? You, you keep making wrong decisions, you keep clicking on something, or you keep failing and the ghost little enemy guys come and get you, and it's so defeating, and, and we think, I got this, I can do it myself, I don't need any help. But then we realize, I need to give the control to God. I need to repent. I, I need a mind change. I need to turn things around. In fact, Acts 3 and 19 says, repent then. And it tells us how to repent. And turn to God. Because the word and can be and or or even. It can be interpreted that way. Repent then. And or even turn to God. There's the, the turning around. Why is this important? Verse, the second part of 19. So that your sins, bam, can be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So God, God doesn't want to punish you. He wants to wipe your sins out. And he's already paid the price for you. And I, and I love the commercial. And, and Tim Sterker is, is, is a good buddy of mine. And, and if you ever hang around him long enough, he does this radio voice that's incredible. I can't do it the way that he does. And I'm sure not going to embarrass him right now. But it, it's kind of like that info commercial. You know, they're selling something and they say, but wait, if you call right now, you also get. And, and that's how it is kind of with God, is if you'll turn around right now, not only will you find freedom, but you'll find salvation. And you'll find that your life is so much better when it's guided by God than yourself. 
Because it slices, it dices, it makes mounds and mounds of coleslaw. I'm telling you, there's blessings following Jesus Christ. And that's what I want you to get today. In fact, Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says, God's kindness is intended to lead you to a mind change, repentance, a turning around. God's kindness. And Jesus shares this story in Luke 15. And he's communicating his heart. God's heart, the Father's heart, to those who have strayed. And the story goes that Jesus was talking about is a father had two sons. And here's how the story goes in Luke uh, 15 and 12. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So the father divided his property between them. Now, to ask for your inheritance before that parent had passed away was basically a kick in the gut, a slap in the face. It, it, it was like, I wish you were dead. Give me your money. So it was very, very wrong what this, this younger son said. What was interesting is the father granted his request. And the son left home. He's, now he's having the time of his life. He's got all this money. He's got all these friends. He's got all these women. And he thinks, man, this, this party. You know, he's like, this is what life is all about. Until the money ran out. And when the money runs out, your friends run out too. And that's exactly what happened to this young son. In fact, he ended up Feeding the unclean pigs just to get by. The, the pigs were considered unclean. They were untouchable animals to the Jews. And yet, he ran out of options. In fact, the Bible says he, Jesus was saying in the story, he was so hungry, he longed to eat the pig slop. Now, that's pretty hungry. And that's pretty desperate. But then notice what happens. And here's, here's where the mind change comes around. This is, he's going to give the controller of his Miss Pac-Man life to God. Let's look at verse 17. When he came to his what? Senses. That's the key word. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Dad, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me one of your hired servants. Now, I want you to put yourself in his place right now because really that's us in the story. That's us. Feeling all this disappointment and like what Kaylee was saying, this shame, this, this guilt, uh, such a low point in life. If you want to write this down, I, I want to tell you this. God may not change the circumstances until the circumstances change us. Ooh, that was worth coming today. God may not change the circumstances. He can, but he may not until the circumstances have changed us. Well, we're seeing this with this young man. 
He could have prayed and prayed and prayed, God, help me get out of the pig pen. But he needed to come to his senses. The circumstances had to bring a mind change to him. Does that make sense? That, okay, in my father's house, the servants eat better than I do. Maybe he'll let me be a servant. And notice what happens next. Now, I, you know, this young man may have said, you know, thought, my, my dad's going to say, I told you so not to leave. I, you're a disappointment to me. But I, I want you to hear what the father says. Verse 20. So this young man got up and he went to his father. And I love this. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. Notice this. And ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And I'm sure to this young man's shock and amazement that he was expecting the father to really come down on him. Instead, the father runs to him, embraces him, and kisses him. What does God run to? He runs to brokenness. He runs to brokenness. In fact, if you want to jot this down, brokenness attracts the father. Would you say that with me? Brokenness attracts the Father. Let that sink in. Let's say it one more time. Brokenness attracts the Father. One more thing I've got to share about this in this scripture right here. In their culture, men did not run. It was considered undignified. They didn't run to anything. And Jesus is making a point here for their culture and, and for our culture as well. Even though dignified men didn't run anywhere, this father could care less about his own dignity. All he cared about was his son was home. I love that. All he cared about was his son. Look at verse 22. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And why sandals were important was because slaves went barefooted while barefoot while the, the children wore shoes and sandals. Put a ring on his finger of authority. Put sandals on his feet. He's still my son. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. I'm talking about filet mignon, people. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and now is alive again. He was lost and now is found. And notice this. Excuse me. So they begin to celebrate the overwhelming grace. Restores the son to the original place of honor. Can you imagine? What love. What love. Excuse me. Some of you may have that have a Facebook page. You may know uh, and seen some of these stories. There's this huge, burly, strong man with a. He looks like he's got a mean face on him, and he's just pacing at the airport. And some people get a little bit nervous when they see stuff like this. You know, it's like, what in the world is up with this guy? And 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 they're really concerned and. 
this huge man just walking back and forth, and he's looking anxious. Then everybody begins to understand what's going on when they're, they're here at the airport, they're waiting for their baggage, and here's this man walking back and forth, and then they see this young man coming down in fatigues. And this huge man with muscles, and he's built, he doesn't care what anybody thinks. He goes running to the escalator, and the sun starts running down the escalator, and they meet each other. It's kind of like slam, and they embrace each other, and they both begin to cry. Maybe you've seen some of those stories. Well, that's the story of the prodigal son. The son made it home safely. The father didn't care who saw him crying, saw him anxiously waiting and pacing, and oh, what, you know, and everybody's wondering what's going on. And then finally, it all makes sense to this crowd at the airport because the son has come back home and he is alive and safe. They embrace. I mean, he picks up his son. You know, you've probably seen the one where he picks up his son and his, the son's feet are off the floor because his dad's so big. That's a picture of the father. Greeting the prodigal son. I love that. If you want to jot this down, this will help you in life. Your view of God will determine your approach to God. Boy, that's that's good. You need to write that down somewhere. Your view of God will determine your approach to God. How you... and, And maybe... You think he's a God of lightning and thunder and judgment. That he is. But when it comes to you as his children, he's a God of love, of mercy, and of grace. In fact, how you perceive him is how you will receive him. Say that with me. How you perceive him is how you will receive him. Most times we refer to the prodigal son as the lost son, and that he was. He was very much lost. But the word prodigal actually means wasteful. It means to to squander. So he is the wasteful son, and yet the father loved him dearly. I just love this story. When we waste what God has given to us, we lose our sense of purpose. We, we lose meaning. We lose our direction. And, and we're thinking that oh, he'll never let me come back home. But I was reminded of an old song this week and when I was in prayer. And uh, some of you may know this one. It simply says, come home, come home. Ye who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling, oh sinner, calling, oh prodigal, the wasteful one, come home. Don't you love that? (laughs) Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Beautiful scripture. One more, 1 John 1 and 7. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us 
from all sin. And this is exactly how God responds to his children who come home. He celebrates. He celebrates. In fact, my prayer is that you will see God this way. Because if we can surrender the controls over to Jesus of our Miss Pac-Man life, and if we will listen to the crazy man preaching today that's waving his arms and saying, you need to turn around. You, you need to quit living this way. You need to start living the right way. Maybe some of you have drifted too far away from home. Maybe you're not as close to God as you once were. Be like the prodigal, the, the wasteful son, the one who... Basically, he just squandered all that, the, that his father had given to him on meaningless things. Today, I want you to begin to come to your senses. There's no addiction that God cannot break in your life. Are you hearing me today? No matter what society has labeled you, like Kaylee was talking about earlier, God calls you his child. You are a son. You are a daughter of his. And you need to come to your senses and simply come home. Come home to what? Overwhelming grace and forgiveness. Would you bow your heads and pray with me today? Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone that's listening to this message, either live in service or maybe later on the next few days and weeks or months, possibly years. I pray that they will understand how much God loves them. Yes, they've wasted all of this time. They've wasted all the gifts but there's a preacher that's waving his arms today saying, stop, turn around, you're going the wrong way. You need to align your path with the word of God. Help us today to turn the control over to someone who knows how to get us to the next level, to the next path. God, we... We really need you so much. And help us today to come to our senses and realize God loves us this much. God cares for us so much. Lord, I believe this message was for all of us today. From time to time, we, we stray. But just like the song of Reckless Love, you leave the 99 and you look for the one because they're special. They are all precious in your sight. Today, God, I, I ask you to forgive us of our sins. Would you make that your prayer today before we take communion? Say, God, just forgive me of my sin. Would you just speak that out loud right now? Say, God, 
forgive me of my sin. Forgive me, Lord, for the wrong choices. I'm I'm turning around now. I'm, I'm, I'm turning about face. I'm repenting. There's a mind change in me. So I, I turn my life around and I, I follow Jesus Christ. I follow you, O oh God. I come to the altar where the Father's arms are open wide. There's forgiveness and mercy. Mm. Praise you, O oh God. Praise you. And for those that have never found salvation, I just... I want you to say, Jesus Christ, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. I call upon the name of the Lord to save me now. I declare with my mouth what I believe in my heart. Jesus Christ is Lord. God, I I want you. I I come to my senses and I realize I I can't do this on my own. I can't get to the next level. I, I can't get to my purpose and my destiny on my own. I need you. Oh God, I need you. Like never before. Like never before, oh God. I invite you in my life. All the days of my life. I have strayed, but now I have come home. I have come to my senses. And you are my Abba. You are my Father. You are my daddy. I cry to you today. And the only time I've ever seen you, God, run was when you ran to me. I'm so thankful. You didn't care about your dignity. You went to a cross and hung on a cross and suffered a horrible death so that I would be saved. You rose again so that I could have new life. You, I, I'm so grateful to you, God, for all that you have done for that hill called Calvary, for the empty tomb that gives us hope of the resurrection. Blessed be the Lord our God. Our praise team is going to sing a song that is so... Uh, the, the young man that's going to sing it, Freddie, is he sent it this week. And I said, we, we've got to do this song. It goes with the message that's been on my heart. And as we're doing that, if you're watching online, I want you to go ahead and get the communion elements ready. I want you to take communion with us after this song. Freddie, praise team, would you come?